0: Thomas, Thomas, Thomas. Mikey, Mikey, Mikey. I got some good news for you, buddy. Some people say you have no heart. I got an answer for that. Scientists in Tel Aviv University printed out the first 3D heart. This cherry-sized organ comes complete with human tissue, blood vessels, and major, this is a major medical breakthrough. What do you think about that? All that from a printer? (laughs) I don't know. I this My mind is just completely blown with what's going on with this stuff. It was created from a biopsy of human fat cells, only the size of a rabbit heart. It cannot pump blood, but they say it's a big step forward, as scientists hope to be able to translate this into an animal bigger and then eventually to humans.
1: You know, that's quite a bit different from the last organ I printed from my printer.
0: <laughs>
1: and, and by the way, You know, if Dick Cheney raises his hand and he wants to be the first one. No, he's not getting one this time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I amuse myself. I'm sorry. I hate to be a killjoy, but if it doesn't beat, it doesn't pump, then is it at heart? It's just
1: a lump of fat. I'm still amazed at, you know, how something like that could function in the world
0: of plastique. It's all mind-boggling. Although, I'm no scientist, but I think it needs to be bigger, don't you? (laughs) It's Mm. only the size of a cherry. Yeah, that's pretty teeny tiny. <laughs> oh, man. So right now, all the people that are upset about this, they should sign a petition so we know who should be refused one when this procedure comes time to everybody to have one, right? Is this another Dick Cheney reference coming? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and yet we still can't cure cancer, but we can do all these other incredible things.
1: Yeah, I know. Isn't it amazing? You know, the more people I talk to about the whole big C thing, I don't even like to say the C word. It's... <sighs> It's a vile, disgusting, insidious disease. And it touches
0: everybody's family. Right. And
1: the more people I talk to, the more everybody seems to think there is a cure, but it's become such a big business in our country that.
0: No, I don't want to believe that. I don't want to believe
1: that either. But, you know, let's face it, it's a. Not a multi billion dollar industry, but a trillion dollar industry. It's unbelievable. And, you know, that's the fundamental failure of our healthcare system is that when something as basic as human healthcare is reliant on profit, I just think those two things don't coincide. I, I just don't think there's any reconciliation with that but that's a deeper subject and well you got to have more than just a plastic heart to dive into it right yeah this really is a breakthrough when you think about it so you
0: got a bad liver no problem (laughs) they can now 3d print chocolate although if you thought people got mad when their paper printer got jammed whoa baby (laughs) i don't know it's all mind-boggling to me we're living
1: in some interesting times They're the best of times and the worst of times. We see the genius of man on one hand, and on the other hand, you see the absolute stupidity of man, you know, in our politics or whatever. Yep. Tom
0: and Mike. We live in the internet age, right? Correct. Well, researchers are now saying that it's causing us to get bored easily and have shorter attention spans. I'm sorry, what would you just say?
1: <laughs> oh, I was uh, looking up something on Google. I'm sorry Our
0: need to keep up to date is beginning to overwhelm our brains. People are made aware of something happening more rapidly and lose interest, and rapid access to the data, whether it's in a form of social media or around the clock news, is leading to increasingly narrow peaks of collective attention and it's if a- you
1: thought it was bad before that you didn't listen to your
0: wife, <laughs> it's really bad now. You know what they say, technology is a wonderful servant, but a terrible master. Who said that? I don't know who said I that. I said that, baby. I you came said up with that? that.
1: That's quite ingenious. <laughs> you know, every once in a while, you pull one out of
0: your yin-yang, young Michael. This is mind-boggling. They said that, I don't know how they know this, but they say that boredom did not exist for ancient man. you got to be kidding me. They had no radio, no TV, no anything. And what did they do all day? I mean, wouldn't you think you're bored? You'd get bored pretty easily? Well, the women folk, they took the
1: laundry down by the creek. That took a long time to do, you know? When they weren't nagging, the guy saying, will you invent fire and the wheels? We'll yeah, get the hell exactly. out of here. We were out inventing the fire and the wheels. So come on. Do we sound like a couple of male sexist pigs? I think we do.
0: <laughs> no, but do you know that only boring people get bored? Think about
1: that. Only boring people get Wait a
0: minute, I've had some boredom just in this conversation <laughs> Oh, uh, What are you trying to say? Well, people that are curious, inquisitive minds and stuff like that They're always, you know, looking They're for always de-
1: Googling, like you <laughs> <laughs> Oh, buddy When's the last time you read a book? Come on
0: I'm reading one right now Oh, what is it? Always look on the bright side of life It's the biography of uh, written by Eric Idle Remember him? From yeah. Monty Python? He's one of Monty Python Right and he was a really great friend of George Harrison. That's pretty interesting. It's not a page turner. I'm not, you know, it's hard for me to sit down and read a book uh, because I'm on the Internet and the Google machine all day looking for stuff for you. So sometimes I have a tendency to, when I'm done.
1: I can tell you for certain, you know, your story about the Internet and becoming more of a person with ADD. I, I know I was a person of ADD long before the Internet ever came around. And right. Now, it's just even worse. I find myself having to force myself to really, really listen and pay attention when somebody's talking to me, like you right now. <laughs> All right. No, <laughs> you love me, don't you? Yeah, I do very much. Yeah, nice. and that's why you can feel the love 24-7 right there on our daily podcast, and it's so much fun, and it can be with you wherever you are. It's an amazing thing, speaking of the internet. Right. Just go there anytime, 24 7. What's this world coming to? .com. Tom and
0: Mike. You are a father of three children, so you probably have some experience in this. This is all new to me and kind of mind boggling when I read it. When your kids were born, how soon was the umbilical cord cut? Right away. Okay, that's a mistake. Why is that? Well, they're finding out that. Uh, Who's they? Researchers, doctors, everything, studies. Oh, said studies again. What are Study <laughs> schmutties. By not cutting the umbilical cord right away, your baby will have significantly more blood volume. Your baby will have more iron. There'll be a lower risk of anemia. Well, how long should you wait? Well, they don't, not not for like, you know, so I guess till he's in the college or something,
1: right? Back up for a second, okay? Because I remember when they were born, you know, I was so excited and everything. I can't remember how long it took before I was offered you know, the chance to cut the cord, which, you know, I said, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't blame man. Yeah. And so, you know, I said, besides that, you know, I've got my video camera. And by the way, there's no better way to piss your wife off than to right. videotape uh. one of your kids' births. And then, I know, I'm so proud, I'm showing everybody. Right. And, and I'm telling you, it was like X-rated. But I didn't care, you know, because, hey, it's life, right? Mm-hmm. So it seems like it was a little bit, but it seemed like it was fairly soon, you know.
0: I don't remember. Well, also by not cutting it right away, it's a reduced risk of septus, a source of oxygen for the mother, and the mother and baby should maybe enjoying this beautiful skin-to-skin contact that they should have for a little while. So, you know, there's some big things. Also, it says the child will have more birth weight if it's not cut right away. How long have they had this information? I guess it's been out for a while. But I guess, you know, a lot of people just like to go from the traditional way, you know? It's funny you should say
1: that because just recently I was offered the opportunity to cut the cord again. But with mm-hmm. my
0: cable company, <laughs> like, I always pass when somebody wants me to cut a cord. You know? I can't believe you said that because I was, I was just going to say that. <laughs> I cut the cord on my cable provider and i <laughs> say a lot of money, baby. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. We, you know, great minds, right? Yeah. Great, great, great minds. And if you happen to come across any, <laughs> let us know, would you? They also talk about the placenta. Did you have anything dealing with that? I was offered,
1: you know, the chance to, you know, uh, take it home in a jar and, uh, you know, later you could saute it
0: and fry it up. <laughs> Make a smoothie out of it.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, you are sick. <laughs> but think of all the protein. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, sometimes I'm so happy I wasn't a father. Oh, you know, more and more women are acting for a midwife, you know, the wife between number one and number three. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's kind of wives. Uh, I don't know. Tom and Mike. Do you know that, you know, the age old tale that when you travel by plane, people come back from vacation or business trip, they always complain that they got sick. You've heard that, right? Right. They wonder if it was the food, the water, where they've been. But Wall Street Journal just did a study and they found that a sharp increase of catching cold, almost 21%, has gone up when people take a plane ride. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Mostly the low cabin humidity throws germs all around the place. So there's some tips you can do not to get sick on a plane. You want to hear them? Yeah. First of all, stay hydrated. Drink as much as you can. Okay. Keep keep your hands clean. Don't forget dental hygiene. Use germ killing mouthwash. You know that overhead thing that you that air comes down on you over on a plane? Right. They say to use that vent to steer germs away from your face. Yeah, blow it into the guy next to you. <laughs> right. <laughs> the worst places on the plane are the airplane tray tables. And
1: whatever you do with the airplane tray table, yep. because people blow their nose. Yeah. They- Put their, you know.
0: Hands put, on it and everything. Yeah, but they put their
1: Kleenex inside there, you know, and it yep. touches the table. Oh. And then they put their muffin on top of the table. I've <laughs> thought all this stuff out. This
0: is why I am <laughs> a, a germaphobe. germaphobe. Also, the seatbelt buckles. Right. Airline seats are great, but they come with a wrist. You know, you don't want to sit on the aisle. You know Why? Why? Because like when people walk to the bathroom and stuff and sometimes the plane shakes and they use that armrest to catch themselves and their hands are dirty. Mm. And also the seat back pocket, you know, you stuff all the magazines and stuff. Yeah. You you don't want to touch that too much.
1: What can you touch? I wonder if I could make it through... TSA Homeland Security uh, dressed in a condom next time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And if you try and stay hydrated, that's more trips to the bathroom. And that's the worst place ever. (laughs) Right?
1: Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And yeah,
1: honestly, it is a germ nightmare. But some people will argue. Now, I know this lady that's an airline. You don't call them stewardesses anymore. What do you call them? Flight Flight attendants. Right, right. That's so sexist, right? Stewardess. Yep. It's like waitress. You know, there's no sex attached to any kind of job anymore, right? Even in the sex industry. <laughs> <laughs> but what am I saying here? I'm just rambling. Anyway, she said, and she's been a flight attendant for years. She said she never gets sick. Do you know why? Why? She's constantly
0: inoculated because of all the germs, right? Right. That's like a pediatrician, right? They never get sick. Yeah. Well, here's what's amazing. There's no germs in first class. That's why we hate people in first class. Oh, they're just one big, you know, elitist germ. Yeah. (laughs) Forget the plane. You see the guy who prepped your food tray, wash your hands before you go to the terminal, right? But there's nowhere to get from point A to point B anymore unless you get in a plane. Have you ever
1: noticed that coffee on an airplane is just the worst ever? Oh, I don't drink coffee, but. Even if you don't drink coffee, you like the smell of coffee, don't you? Yeah. I mean, it even smells bad, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't know. One day you're going to see people getting on planes in hazmat suits.
1: Or the human condom, like I said, you know, because that is what I went as last Halloween, and I still have the outfit.
0: So. That's right. Well, so now we just help people get on a plane. We're very informative with our fun and informative. That's Yes, and lots of purel. Right. Although you can't take
1: more than three ounces on the plane, right? Yep. They make it so hard for us. <laughs> But we make it easy for you with our daily podcast. See how I transitioned? Yep. You know, I'm transitioning all the time. I'm going to wake up as a girl. <laughs> and the daily podcast, Mike, why don't you give them the address? Because we want people to go there. What's this world to? Dot com with Tina and Mike. Tina and Mike. Right. Yep. It's our new morning show. <laughs> Tina and Mike. I got to work on my voice, getting it higher. Tom and Mike.
0: No, I don't need too much information, but I need to know. Do you ever sleep in the nude? Yes, and I happen to know that you do too. And you know why?
1: No, I'm not not because we slept together. Because you know, Sle- I like you and everything. But S- sleeping in the nude—I'm having deja vu all over again. We've talked about this before. No, we right? haven't. Well, how did I know that you slept in the nude?
0: Because you just know my personality.
1: That's right. Anytime we talked about nudist and all that other stuff, you're like. Right there with them,
0: right? Well, let me tell you why sleeping in good for people listening. What about those germs from the bed? <laughs> That's right. Getting on my private parts. Private parts is in this. First of all, sleeping naked helps you fall asleep. Sleeping cooler does deepen sleep. It also, for a woman, can prevent a yeast infection. Sleeping naked can help calm anxiety. Any kind of pleasant touch boosts an oxytocin system. You're cuddling with your partner as you sleep, and you're likely to trigger these oxycontin Responses. Not
1: Oxycontin. What is the word? Come on.
0: O X Y T O C I N, oxytocin. Okay. It can also affect male fertility. Keeping the testicles cooler is a health benefit. Think about that.
1: You know, my testicles are cool with (laughs) or without underwear.
0: (laughs) It makes you feel sexier, it boosts your self esteem.
1: Yeah, like for the first five minutes till you go to sleep. Do you ever wake up excited? No, not lately. Okay. Poor guy. This doesn't uh, get going for you anymore, huh? Might be
0: time for your midwife. (laughs) Even if you aren't comfortable sleeping completely naked, reducing the number of layers you wear at night or just ditching the bra or underwear is a help. So, you know, I always like to sleep naked, but sometimes the flight attendant on the plane causes a big stink about that. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, in the winter, my wife wears a scarf, gloves, and a wooly hat to bed. I didn't know she was Muslim, (laughs) but no (laughs) wonder. I sleep naked to frighten off any burglars. That's what I do. Really? Yeah.
1: It's working out pretty good for you, right? (laughs) Yeah. You haven't been robbed lately.
0: Sometimes I sleep in the winter, I sleep semi nude. That's when I wear socks. Socks? Yes. Semi nude. (laughs) Let's let's face
1: it, there's good naked. That is just a scary thought. You totally (laughs) naked in socks. Yeah. (laughs) Come on. You know, you just ruined my day. I just got to say.
0: You know, there's good naked and there's bad naked. Now, good naked would be like, I don't know, Scarlett Johansson or Angelina Jolie. Bad naked would be Chris Christie, right? You might be onto to something there. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Tom and Mike. There's some billionaire. He wants to host a hundred-person fight to the death on a private island, except no one would actually die. It would be like a Hunter Games type of thing. It would take place on a private island. Competitors would be armed with airsoft guns, I guess they're like paintball things, with touch-sensitive body armor, and they'd fight for 12 hours a day over three days, and the last person standing would take home $130,000. So I guess it's the competition, because if you're a millionaire doing this, $130,000 is no big deal to you.
1: Yeah, like $130,000 <laughs> was no big deal for Trump and Stormy Daniels. Right? <laughs> when I heard funny, it was a- It's funny you
0: should pick that number. Yeah, that, that is funny. When I first heard it was a 100-person battle to the death, I thought, hey, this would be great if it was the Senate, right? Yeah. I don't know about you, but I lost interest in Survivor after the first episode when I realized nobody was going to die. How about
1: you? You know, I just thought of a great future for Donald Trump. What's that? He could be an actor in the next Hunger Games movie. Yep. And he could replace Donald Sutherland. He would be the head of the district. Anybody that opposed
0: him would have to fight to their death. Right. What do you think? I think it's pretty good. (laughs) You know, it wouldn't surprise me if somebody spoils the fun by sneaking a real gun in there. (laughs) That's what I'd like to see. Mm. Oh, man. People got too much time and too much money. That's what I say. We're here every day just giving people tips and fun and interest and everything. Too much
1: time on my hands. What a great song by Styx. Do you love that song? Yes, I do. I'm kind of surprised you're a Styx fan.
0: Well, I'm not a Styx fan. I just know that song. Did I ever tell you the time I had
1: lunch with Dennis DeYoung? Yes, you did. I did? Yes, you did. Okay, well, I won't say it again. <laughs> he's kind of a cray cray guy, but fun. Aren't we all? Yeah. Kind of like our podcast. That's right. Bill. We're kind of cray cray, but fun. And the address is
0: What's This World Coming To.com.
1: Tom and Mike.